What's up, Pels fans? Thank you so much for joining us, and welcome to another pregame special with the Pelican Debrief Podcast. My name is Preston Ellis. Follow me at Preston Ellis, and we have got a great one for you today. We'll be chatting with not one, but two Lakers experts on our upcoming Staples Center skirmish tonight with Lake Show Life's Christian Rivas and LakersPulse.com's Clayton Fawcett. Let's not waste any time. It's time to speak with the enemy. And now we welcome onto the show Christian Rivas of the Lake Show Life. He is the editor and commander of Fansided's Ode to the Los Angeles Lakers. You guys can follow him at Rad Rivas. That's R-I-V-A-S. And you can follow the Lake Show Life at the Lake Show Life. How am I doing so far, Christian? Yeah, you're doing great. I I am enjoying this. Okay, good. I'm so glad to have you. Now let's let's get right to it. Let's get to the bus drama for Pelicans fans who may not know a whole lot about what you guys have been dealing with in the past three months. Jeannie Bus, the controlling owner, has been having a, a bit of trouble with her brothers. She initially fired her brother Jim Bus, the executive vice president of basketball operations. Mitch Kupchak, the general manager, who's been there for for years and years and years. There's a probate hearing coming up in May 11th with her. Her brother's trying to overthrow her as the controlling owner. What what is happening in Laker Town? How how quickly did all of this happen? And is your head still spinning from the past two months of this bus family drama? Oh, definitely. And it's uh, it's funny that you bring it up on National Sibling Day, uh, the sibling <laughs> rivalry that they have uh, going on. But no, it's it's definitely crazy. I think you know. Um, the, the Lakers haven't been in the best position for quite some time. It doesn't take a, you know, even the most casual fan can tell you that. But most casual fans love to tell you that because their teams have been so bad for a little while. Um, but, you know, the front office definitely needed to shake up. I don't know if Magic Johnson was the right signing initially, uh, but it definitely looks a little better, you know, a month or two into it. Uh, but as, as far as the sibling rivalry goes, it's very Game of Thrones esque. I know that I know people have been throwing that around, um, just because you know you and, and it has to hurt Jim a little bit to hear Magic Johnson say that on, you know, on Doctor Bus's deathbed, he had told Magic, you know, when it's all said and done, I'd like for you and Jeannie to run this team. Uh, you know, n- neither you or I can confirm that, but that's that's coming from the horse's mouth. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's, it's difficult for Jim because he made some moves that he thought would improve the team. Uh, he made that Steve Nash deal, which nobody knew Steve Nash's body was going to fall apart the way it did when he came here. I mean, obviously, Phoenix's training staff is far ahead of what anybody else had going on at the time. And I think still they have one of the best training staffs in the NBA. But, um, you know, that Steve Nash signing was supposed to make the the Lakers as serious title contenders with Steve Nash, Kobe Bryant in the front court. They pulled off that Dwight Howard trade uh, that we're going to be paying for, you know, whether we'd like to or not within the next few years. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a whirlwind in, in Lakerland. Yeah. It's been a lot going on and no signs of slowing down anytime soon with uh, Rob Palenka already assuming the controls as general manager and and can't really possibly know what to expect going into an offseason where you guys are going to have a lot of questions with with a gentleman at Magic Johnson who went from consultant to president of uh, basketball operations seemingly overnight. 
and uh, you guys have a have a lot to to atone for with your with your deals given to Mozgov four years and sixty four million dollars. It was the first announced deal uh, of the free agency period. It's hard to know who you guys were competing with for his services. And uh, Luol Dang, who you handed a four year seventy two million dollar deal, Pelicans fans. Uh, can can sympathize with the deal that we've given Omera Sheik, uh, five years, fifty eight million. Alexis Aginsa, four years, twenty million. These are our, our third and fourth string centers that we're that we're paying the salary to. At least you you guys have contributors at these uh, at these expenditures. But but we're not going to talk about that right now. I want to talk about your four game winning streak and all these storylines that are surrounding the Los Angeles Lakers on top of the Palenka Johnson bus family drama. You guys are seemingly about to lose your 2017 uh, lottery selection as well as your 2019 selection. You were you were firmly in control of the second slot. You've now won four games in a row, having sat Luol Deng, having sat uh, Mozgov, having sat uh, Zubac, who who was just injured. You guys keep si- seating players, and for some reason, you're four and one in April. What's going on, Christian? You know, that's a, that's a real tough question to answer. I mean, last night's game in Minnesota was just an all-around uh, great performance by the team. But you know, when you look at last Wednesday's game against the Spurs, with the, the players on the court, for the Lakers side at least, were dropping like flies. And you had Tyler Ennis uh, lead the team to victory. I, I believe he finished with 19 points, followed that with a career-high 20 points in Minnesota. Um so it's not like these guys are, you know, in a in a fantastic position to win. They're just finding ways to win. I and I don't understand when when your commander and tank Tyler Ennis is having career nights every night. It's kind of hard to lose games, um, <laughs> and especially with, you know, you, we got our newcomer uh, David Noaba. He's a he's a D League player, not supposed to be contributing the way he has. He's playing every other night, bouncing back between the Lakers and the defenders which is a uh, lakers d-league affiliate um but it's it's crazy it's crazy the way this roster is constructed uh and they're still finding ways to move games we don't have a center to play right now we're playing julius randall and larry nash jr in our front court against carl anthony towns who poured on an ungodly uh 40 something points 20 something rebounds last night so um i i don't know what this team's doing differently that is making them win games, but I'd love for it to stop, especially because <laughs> the way the way Phoenix has been winning lately, uh, it's like they it's like they want us to succeed, and I I appreciate them, I love them for it, I love Devin Booker, um, I think he's going to be a future Hall of Famer, and I'm not just saying that because I'd like for them to listen to this podcast and lose games, um, <laughs> but I would uh, I would just love for the Lakers to start losing games. Yeah, well, you don't have a lot of time left. The, the The Suns have one game left, and they've got a one-game advantage. So we don't need to talk tiebreakers or something. That's that's too much to go in on, on teams that are that are uh, losers right and now. And it hurts Let's, too much to talk about. It, it hurts too much. The Pelicans are in a similar circumstance where our, our top three protected picks should have fallen out of the top three. 
uh, goes to the Sacramento Kings, but we still have something like a 4% chance sitting at 10th as we now are. No sense in talking about it. Let's talk (laughs) about your guys. You've got a solid foundation, and on the floor with D'Angelo Russell tending to his grandmother, we should see the likes of Brandon Ingram, Julius Randles, Larry Nance Jr., Jordan Clarkson, and Tyler Ennis with a bench, I'm guessing, of Thomas Robinson, Tarek Black, uh, Corey Brewer, Meta World Peace, maybe a David Nwaba sighting, although I know that... Like you said, the Los Angeles defenders are in the playoffs right now. What what should Pelicans fans, like, let's try to salvage this game that uh, is essentially all of our, our backups oh, just yeah. competing for, for playing time in 2017 and 18 season. What can Pelicans fans look forward to from this lineup of, of, of Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle? Tell, tell Pelicans fans why they should get excited to watch these young players play. Well, I mean, unless you're a huge Tyler Ennis fan, it's probably not going to be, uh, you know, the the night you invite all the boys over to watch the game. But, um, yeah, I mean, all jokes aside, the the Lakers have a real solid young core. And, I mean, I it's I don't have to tell Pelicans fans that. You guys have the two most dominant big men in the front court uh, on your team, and they're both under 25, if I'm correct. I think DeMarcus Cousins might be 26. Um, yeah, unfortunately, but, neither of these guys are going to be playing. Etwan Moore is not going to be playing. Yeah. Uh, so, so we're trotting out uh, a starting lineup of, in all likelihood, Tim Frazier will still have a Drew Holiday sighting, Solomon Hill, Dante Cunningham, and some mixture of Alexis Agensa, Donatus Matayunas, and uh, Pelicans fans are hoping for our own D-League star, Czech Diallo, to be in that lineup. But that's that's what you guys will have to face off with Yeah, tonight. yeah. Yeah, like I said, it's not a it's not an NBA TV marquee matchup. Nobody's going to be uh, you know, skipping work to watch this game. Um, <laughs> but you know, geez, those players you mentioned are NBA players. I have that's unreal. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's, oh, that's I been forgot our... to mention Quinn Cook, our our other oh, okay. star. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah. we've got we've got some the more firepower star. for you. Yeah, former Blue Devil. We got a Blue Devil. His name's uh Brandon Ingram and we're hoping he can be pretty good. He's had a you know, fantastic string of games. If, if Pelicans fans want to look out for anything, it's going to be uh, Brandon Ingram. I mean, since since the All-Star break, he's averaged 13.3 points per game. Um, the You know, this month, he's really looked like he's starting to piece things together, which is, you know, all Lakers fans need right now. I mean, D'Angelo Russell had an, an underwhelming rookie season by Lakers fan standards, uh, not to mention the drama he got in with Nick Young. Uh, with the whole Snapchat thing, whatever. That's all in the past. He's a kid. Um, the man has ice in his veins, so I'm not going to, you know, grill him too much. Uh, but, you know, when you look at long-term, you look at the Lakers roster, the guys you're looking at, or the, at least the guys I'm looking at, are uh, D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, uh, Ivica Zubats, and Larry Nance Jr. Um, I would say Jordan Clarkson, but his game has digressed so much since you know being moved to the bench even even since last year but they've uh, they've been starting Clarkson and Russell in the backcourt which is a defensive nightmare but they've they put it together the last four games they've they've looked all right but um you know looking at stats from a number standpoint you look at D'Angelo Russell this this guy's gonna be the real deal uh, if you compare him to other guards around the league, how they've been, how they did their freshman and sophomore year, he's well ahead of the curve. So I, I'm all in on D'Angelo Russell. Brandon Ingram looks like he's going to be special. His ceiling, though, is going to depend on, you know, 
if his shots are falling, because right now he's looking like uh, a, a former player of yours, Tyreek Evans, where he's just attacking the rim. There's no outside shot to be found anywhere, which is what built his draft stock going into the draft. He was supposed to be, you know, uh, Kevin Durant reincarnate, which we, we, you and I both know that's not going to happen. Kevin Durant is a once in a generation player. Um, but yeah, Brandon Ingram, he has, he's looked solid. I'm really excited about him. Julius Randall. I'm not too sure about um, some nights. He looks like a rich man's Draymond green. Just a bull that's really hard to stop when he has his, uh, you know, full head of steam going to the basket. Uh, and then some nights he he looks like he shouldn't be in the league. He gets insane tunnel vision, pretends like he doesn't have teammates. And uh, I mean, sure, those double doubles are nice. But if you're getting those double doubles by grabbing your own rebound, it's not it's not as nice. Um, and then I'll I'll talk about Zubats for a little bit. If it's a Zubats, the summer league hero. Uh, not a ton was expected of him going into the into this season, and then a few summer leagues games later, he's Zublaka, uh, Zupak, Zoolander. Uh, the the nicknames go on and on, and you know, uh, early comparisons drew him to Marcus All, which would be fantastic. Obviously, former Laker Marcus All before we uh, created him for his brother. Uh, but yeah, Zubats. Uh, his development is all going to be on the way his body develops. I know T, uh, Tim DeFrancesco was talking during the summer, the Lakers athletic trainer. He was saying that this is the first time Zubats has been exposed to uh, this amount of weightlifting, this amount of training. So I'm, I'm really interested to see how his body develops this um, summer. That sounds really weird verbalizing that, seeing how his body <laughs> develops this summer. But uh, I'm, I'm couldn't be more excited about this young core and, you know, if the lottery balls fall in our favor, we can um, add another piece of that young core. Awesome. I'm I'm just impressed with your pronunciation of Avitsa Zubac. Was that close? Zubac. It's it's the C that gets everybody um, thrown off. Avitsa, I think, is all right, but it's a Zubac, like a T-S at the end. Okay, Zubac. I like it. You... I, that's that's a gift that you have for pronunciation. It sounds exciting <laughs> yeah. when you say it, like he's some kind of superhero. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, it's all, all these European bigs, man. Like uh, Nikola Jokic. That's a little too difficult. So we they just call him the Joker. And uh, don't even get me started on trying to spell Giannis Antetokounmpo's name on the first try. That's hey, a little but tough. it rolls right off your tongue. You've got a gift for this sort of thing. <laughs> Let's, thank you. Thank you. Let's transition on to David Nawaba. Now, I'm not bringing it. I'm not bringing it up just because most Pelicans fans will have never heard of his name. He's a native of Los Angeles. Called up to the Los Angeles Defenders on February 28th. The the Defenders are currently in a in a playoff struggle. I think with the the, the Rio Vipers. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. This is topical it's, for uh, us because we have a lot of D leaguers ourselves. Uh, like we just mentioned. Hold Clint on. Jack Diallo, we have Michael Jordan Crawford. We call him Michael Jordan Crawford because he's been a scoring machine for, for our Pelicans. Yeah. We, we called him up. Uh, Alexis Agensa is a former D-leaguer. We It was just announced that New Orleans is creating their own D-league affiliate in 2018. Coming from a city that already has its own D-league team, that, that has the capability of, of training someone and, and teaching someone like David Nwaba and preparing him for the regular season, how instrumental has it been in training your young guys? And what can Pelicans fans look forward in having a D-League team? So, 
I have I have my opinions about the D League that I will um I will hold to myself right now. Um <laughs> just checking the score. The the de- defenders are down ninety four to one oh five right now to the uh to the Vipers. But um so David Nawab was an interesting case, uh particularly with the the Lakers, because you know, to to probably probably given too much too much credit to the defenders. Um Jordan Clarkson, his rookie year, played a handful of games with the defenders. And, you know, everybody wants to say that he is the player he was because he spent time with the defenders, which is a great argument. And you can make an argument um, for Ivica Zubats, who spent a, a large amount of time with the defenders this year. Um, but these are NBA players. Jordan Clarkson's an NBA player. Ivica Zubats is an NBA player. Um when you're talking about guys that started out in the D League, the chances of them, you know, making that jump and sticking to a team is it's it's so rare and it's unfortunate that you know things are that way, but that's just the truth of things. You you've had this guy, the the point guard for the defenders, uh Vander Blue, he got a 10-day contract with the Lakers uh two, three seasons ago. He's still with the defenders and he leads the league in scoring. So, I mean, you you can look at Jimmer Fredette or any, you know, D-League player that's won the D-League All-Star Game MVP. They're still in the D-League or they're overseas. Um, So I think, you know, from a, you know, to be a little more optimistic about the D-League and the Pelicans getting their D-League team. um, How how many picks do you guys have in this draft? I know it's a touchy subject. Uh, I I can't feel too bad for you because you guys have DeMarcus Cousins. I don't really want to talk about it. I know that we have the rights to the 76ers second uh, round pick. We don't have a lot of flexibility this offseason. Should we sign Drew Holiday? We've got a trade exception. And the only firepower that we can tie to it is potentially that 76ers second round pick. And our second round pick should fall somewhere around 40th overall. So Mm. very similar to how we were last season with two high round uh, second round picks. Well, so... My thing is, is if you're, uh, especially in a draft as deep as this, I mean, if you have two second round picks, I try to float both of those around. I know you're not the GM, but, um, you know, try to float both of those around and try to move up in the draft because this is one of the deepest draft classes in quite some time. Um, but say you take two guys, and um, and I think the way the D League, uh, which is going to be the G League next year because of the Gatorade partnership right. that yeah. they had, um, you know, the, the way it's going to work is that with the new CBA, there's going to be more room for two-way contracts. So you're going to be able to have players, you know, uh, sign to your team, but not take a, take up a roster spot if you decided to send them down to the D-League. So that's going to help a lot of teams. That's going to help a ton of teams uh, develop their players, which is what, what it's literally called the development league. Um, you have a guy that you're taking in the second round that has – maybe a ton of upside but you're not too sure yet send him to the d league see what he do does if he's you know putting up five points and five rebounds in the d league you probably don't have yourself a, a surfire superstar um <laughs> but if he's tearing it up in the d league somebody goes down or you just have an open roster spot and like quinn cook i don't know how quinn cook hasn't been in the nba i haven't watched his games uh with the pelicans i don't know how he's been doing how's he been doing 
Uh, well, he scored 22 points on 21 points on 12 shots against the Warriors the other night, and those were the most extended minutes that he's gotten so far. And the Pelicans have already rewarded him, much as they did with Michael Jordan Crawford. I'm sorry, his name yeah. is Jordan Crawford. We call him that so <laughs> often; it just like rolls off my tongue. Uh, they they gave him a guaranteed. Uh, you know, conclusion to this season and then a one-year extension next year. And there's some kind of cutoff date over the offseason that we aren't privy to yet where it becomes guaranteed, but it's guaranteed, not as of yeah. yet. It's like, it's like every player that gets signed to the D-League that gets, uh, you know, that multi-year deal with a team option in the second Always year. non-guaranteed. Yeah. Um, but I was I was surprised that Quinn Cook wasn't in the league. I, I really liked him at Duke. Um, and, you know, those are guys... You, uh, I think there's been a quite a few examples of of D League uh, gems this year. You got Yogi Ferrell uh, in Dallas. You got Quinn Cook in New Orleans. Um, you got Gary Payton the second. I think it's the second um, it's in Milwaukee. Not the first, <laughs> yeah, not like, yeah. Um, and you uh, and so you got these guys that can really play basketball. Probably shouldn't have been undrafted. Um, but that's that's in in my opinion. I'm sure somebody is going to want to fight me on it. But um, th- that's what the D League's about: taking fires out on guys when um, when you need to, not necessarily, you know, you, playing a second round pick in your rotation isn't your first choice. That this is usually around the time people are getting uh, the ten days, the multi year deals for the rest of the season when there's you know less than 10 games left to see what they have whether or not any of these guys will be back on NBA rosters next year we don't know uh I'd say it's doubtful especially with the new you know crop of young players coming in uh so it's really about the situation they're in I'm sure if Tim Cook uh played for Philly he'd be doing all right right now but um I mean the Pelicans aren't too far behind as as far as the record is concerned yeah, I think the best hope that uh, Pelicans fans uh, can hope for out of the D-League roster is kind of shaping your roster uh, with, you know, players 7 through 15 across your lineup, lower-cost players who who can contribute but aren't aren't to be relied on uh, as a six-man-of-the-year candidate. Oh, yeah, uh, before I let you go, let's talk a bit about uh, Drew Holiday, uh, who went to UCLA. Bleacher Report ha- had him as the best Point guard defender in the NBA. Pelicans fans yeah, have been uh, a buzz about what the Pelicans should do with Drew Holiday. He was putting up all-star type numbers before the break. Once we acquired DeMarcus Cousins, he's down in points. He's down in field goal percentage. He's down in three-point percentage. He's up in turnovers. It's gotten so bad that Alvin Gentry has moved him to shooting guard and placed Tim Frazier ahead of him as point guard to handle ball handling uh, and push the pace. What are you hearing in Los Angeles about the interest towards former Bruin Drew Holiday? And what what would you do if you were in the Pelican shoes? Because the Pelicans are are potentially in the driver's seat. They can offer him the most money, somewhere around five years, $150 million. By all accounts, he Jeez. likes it in New Orleans. His wife likes it in New Orleans. You all probably know Lauren Holiday, also a former UCLA Bruin. Yeah. Uh, had a brain tumor when she was pregnant. By all accounts, she's doing really well. The baby is perfectly healthy, and Drew Holiday has been, been playing every game since those first eight that he missed to be with her. What are you hearing as far as your interest in the Holiday situation and and Magic Johnson's interest in potentially pairing him with D'Angelo Russell? So the, I think the way the front office is going to approach free agency is dependent on whether or not we keep the, keep the pick. 
So if we draft Lonzo Ball, you can almost guarantee that Lonzo Ball and D'Angelo Russell are going to start every game together for the next six, seven years. Um, but if if we lose the pick, obviously we're going to start looking at guards to play alongside D'Angelo Russell, whether he plays point guard or shooting guard. I don't think it matters uh, what position he plays. I think he's an extremely talented player. It's kind of the same debate that they had with um, Curry his first few years in the league. The whole not a true point guard thing. He's just a, a pure scorer. It's not too much of a problem now as a as a two time MVP. I'm not saying Russell's you know that player, but uh, as far as LA's interest in Drew Holiday, surprisingly, I I haven't heard a ton, which is remarkable considering that any player from LA is uh, allegedly hell bent on coming to LA. I mean, <laughs> you you heard that from Demar Derozan last year. Heard of that from Russell Westbrook uh, a year before Kevin that. Love, Paul George. Uh, yeah, you're gonna hear that with Paul George again next summer. Um, so, but boy, would I love to have Drew Holiday in in LA. I mean, he was born in Chatsworth, if I remember correctly, Chatsworth, Los Angeles, California. He's only 26 years old, uh, extremely young. Again, you said a, a great defender. Uh, Drew Holiday and George Hill are the two guys I have at the top of my list. If um, if we lose the pick, because boy, did did the Lakers not play defense? I mean, it's a it's a cakewalk to the rim every time. Uh, so it, you're putting Drew Holiday and D'Angelo Russell in the backcourt with Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle holding things down in the forward position, and um, the ghost of Timothy Mozgov playing center. That's not a bad team. I think that's a, a number eight seed in the West next year. Yeah, well, if it doesn't work out, his brother Aaron apparently is playing college basketball at UCLA right now. So, yeah, <laughs> and uh, Justin correct. as well, his other brother will be available. So you you will have every opportunity to to watch a holiday play basketball in Los Angeles next year. Christian, and, and Rivas, they want to play together, right? Drew, yeah, Drew and Justin have they're, been they're verbal about how much they want to play together. Yeah, the the two of them want to play together. Justin Holiday should come pretty cheaply. Uh, there were some articles in the New York. Uh, the New York Post is what it was that interviewed Justin Holiday and said that he was hoping that Drew would be interested in coming to the Knicks. And of course, as Pelicans fans with limited financial flexibility this summer, we're kind of hoping that we can gain another shooter in New Orleans in Justin Holiday. But Christian Rivas, the editor of Lake Show Life and Site Expert, this is Fan Site. It's Ode to the Los Angeles Lakers. You guys can follow him at Rad Rivas. That's R I V A S and at the Lake Show Life. Thank you much, so much, sir. Before I let you go, give us a prediction for tonight's affair. Uh, I, and it hurts me to say this. Like I, I feel physically repulsed every time I say it. Uh, but I think the Lakers are going to win, and I'm, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I, I hope, I hope you guys blow us out by twenty. I hope you guys have the best game you've had all season. I hope everybody's pouring champagne on each other in the locker room like they just won, uh, the finals because. I, as much as it's nice seeing the Lakers win, it's also not nice seeing the Lakers win. Yeah, at this point, you can't do any worse than the 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 third slate in the the lottery odds. And as it stands right now, according to Lottery Bucket, I think the percentage that you keep your pick between the second pick and the third pick is is about ten percent. I think it's somewhere around fifty four percent to forty six percent. So you still have high odds, regardless of what happens in your final two games. But Christian. 
Thank you so much for your time. You're the man. I'd love to have you back on the uh, on in the offseason, especially if the Pelicans uh, begin flirting with letting Drew Holiday walk to get your take on a, on a potential reunion in Los Angeles. But for now, good night and best of luck tonight. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You uh, You have been wonderful. Again, thank you to Christian. My name is Preston Ellis, and you have been listening to our pregame special doubleheader. Again, we're facing the Lakers tonight. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and if you did, go over to iTunes. Give us a nice rating. Hit subscribe. Tell your friends. I've been Preston Ellis. Follow me at Preston Ellis. And again, as always, let's go, pals. Pals.